Hey, I don't know if you know this, but we all have things to do every day. We have things that, some things that need to be done in order, some things that don't need to be done in order. I mean, like if you're a chemist, right? If you're a chemist and you start mixing uh, uh, compounds and chemicals together, if you don't do them in the right order, bang, things blow up, right? Yeah, and so sometimes it's a physical bang, or sometimes if you don't do things in the right order, then things emotionally blow up, or, or things at work don't work out just the way they need to do. And so sometimes there's order that needs to be done, and sometimes there's not order for things to be done. You know what I'm talking about. It's like you get up in the morning, and, and you know, what do you do first? You know, do you go to the bathroom or do you brush your teeth or, or, you know, and in that case, it might matter if you got to really go to the bathroom. But the point being is when you do you comb your hair, or do you brush your teeth and which one is first and does it really matter? I mean, or take this, getting dressed in the morning. I mean, do you put your socks on first or do you put your pants on first? And then do you put your shirt on before you put your pants on or before you put your socks on? And, and I, know, I know what some of you are saying right now. Socks are optional. I get it. I absolutely do. And then, you know, what about on sitting down to eat? You know, we sit down to eat, we got our food on our plate, and we're sitting at the table, and what's the first thing we do? Do we grab a bite to eat, or do we grab our glass and drink something? Does it really matter? I mean, or, you know, I know I'm belaboring this point, but I, I want you to get this, right? So it's, today is lawn mowing day. It's time to get out in the yard and mow the lawn. Which comes first? Do you do the edging first, or do you mow first? Does it matter? And then there's the house cleaning that has to be done. And do you start with the bedroom or do you start with the kitchen? Do you start with the bathroom? Do you start in the den? Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is that you get it done. Hey, so my name is Doug, and I'm one of the pastors here at Next Level Church. And, and we are starting a brand new series called How to Pray. And for some of us, we go around and we know and we believe, for some of us who are followers of Jesus, we believe that prayer is really important, but the reality is we do very little of it. And I've been a follower of Jesus for a very long time, very long time. And I have heard many people ask these kind of questions. So... How do you pray? Is there a certain way to pray? Is there a certain order to pray? I mean, do you like confess first or do you praise God first or, or do you thank God first or, or, you know, what are you supposed to do first and then are you supposed to pray for other people? Do you do that first or do you pray for what you need first or do you uh, ask God uh, for his, his will to be done first? I mean, you know, we go through all that and should I sit down? Should I stand up? Should I lay it spread out? Should I be on my knees? What is the right posture? for me to be praying I mean and the list goes on and on and on about the right way to pray I've heard these questions all the time and I want to say this the answer is it doesn't matter what matters is that you pray 
And so as we're starting this series, I want to start uh, with what Jesus had to say about prayer. And so we're going to be in the book of Matthew. And, and here's what you need to know about Matthew. Matthew uh, was a follower of Jesus. He was one of the original 12 disciples. He followed Jesus. He was an eyewitness. And later in his life, he re- sat down and he wrote out all the things that he eyewitnessed of, of Jesus. And so we're going to look at chapter 6. And here's one thing you do need to know. If you look at Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. By the way, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Chapters, those three chapters are all a big long sermon that Jesus had up on a mountainside or a hillside. And so in chapter 6, as it begins, Jesus is talking about doing good things. And this is what he says, when you help someone out, Don't think about how it looks. Don't worry about what it looks like to the whole world on the outside. Just do it. That's my point. He's saying just do it. So then he begins to shift and talk about prayer. And when you come before God, he's talking about prayer. Don't turn that into a theatrical production either. Don't worry about, you know, I sit down, do I stand up, do I lay down, do I, you know, I close my eyes, do I keep my eyes open, what am I supposed to do, what's the right order? He said, don't make a theatrical production about your prayer. Here's what I want you to do. And man, when he says something, here's what I want you to do, that's pretty significant. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a quiet place, a quiet, secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Now, let me say what this, let me say this. He's, He's not saying you can't pray in your car. He's not saying you can't pray while you're mowing the grass or while you're cleaning the house or while you're listening to music or while you're doing whatever you're doing. He's not saying you can't pray, but he is saying something significant about finding a quiet, secluded place. And he's not talking about going up on a mountainside either. Okay, I will just tell you straight up in my life, I mean, again, I've been hanging out with Jesus for a very long time. And I'm not perfect by any stretch of imagination. But I will say in my prayer time, here's something that I learned. That I needed to start early. Before my mind, my mind gets clouded. I don't know if you have that problem. I get up, and the, and the more I get into things, the more, okay, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got this going on, I'm worried about this person, I got this thing going on, I'm thinking about my mom, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about that. And all of a sudden, my, my mind is, I just can't turn it off. It's just going and going and going. And so for me, just saying for me, I'm not saying this is the way, because there's not... A way, anyway is a good way, but for me, I got up a little bit earlier before Donna got up or before the kids got up or before I got married, I got up early before my mind got clouded. And there was something significant about finding this quiet, secluded place, and here's why, because uh, just... Be there. When you find this quiet, secluded place, just be there simply and honestly as you can. Being quiet before God allows you this point. 
to the focus will shift from you to God. That's what being in this quiet, secluded place will do. It will take that shift. I'm driving down the road, and I am praying. Okay, sometimes I'm yelling and screaming. I try not to. I try not to, but it happens. I'm driving down the road, and I'm praying. My attention is focused on driving. My attention is focused on, man, I got this going on, or I got this heavy thing happening. My attention, though I'm talking to God, is not focused on God. Not saying it's unimportant. I'm mowing or I'm cleaning the house or I'm listening to music. My attention is in a lot of different places. When we get quiet, the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense His grace. Man, I think that's strong. Again, I'm not saying this is the way. Jesus isn't saying this is the way. He's just saying here's an advantage of getting in a quiet place, finding that place. Whatever that looks like in your schedule. For me, it ended up being the morning. That might not be for you, but whatever. Just do it. Then he goes on and says, When you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans. Now, just so you know, pagans are people who are not followers of God. Okay, that's just, that's all that that word means, pagan. You're, you're either follow God or you don't follow God. And, and this was a word, very commonplace word that Jesus would use there in the first century. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. If I go on and on and on, if I have all these big words, if I say enough, God's going to be happy with what I say. Did I say enough? Did I not say enough? And all that stuff. And then Jesus is saying, don't be like them. Why? Because your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is why. One of the many reasons of why prayer is so important. Because it gets us to the place that we are praying to a God who loves us. Who cares for us. We are praying to a God whose plans are way better than our plans. Whose ways are way better than our ways. Whose ways smarter and wiser and stronger than we are. And as we nurture this, those ideas come out in prayer, and we begin to trust God even when it hits the fan, even when it falls apart, even when death is on the table, and it doesn't work out, we know that our Father knows us, and He knows what we need. And we're able to face all those circumstances vastly different because we know the Father who loves us. So, Jesus said this. This then is how you should pray. Got his disciples. He's pulling the conversation down. And he says, this is how you should pray. Again, you say you got to follow this. No, this isn't some great formula, but here's the prayer. It goes like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation. Now here's what I want to say. When Jesus rolled that out, 
What he wasn't saying was, here's your prayer, do it every day, do it three times a day, do it eight times a day, do it ten times a day, do it every day, do it all the time, do it some, do it once. He's not saying that at all. This is a great prayer that we just prayed, that we just read about. And there, it is perfectly great to pray that prayer with meaning. But the reality is, and this is what I've learned in my journey with Jesus, is that there are key principles that are related to this prayer. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Because we're talking about how to pray, and, and there's principles. Now, this isn't the way, but there are principles, I think, that will then become your way as we answer the question of how to pray. All right, so principle number one, be focused. When Jesus starts out with the prayer, our Father in heaven, we are sitting down and we are looking eyeball to eyeball to God. We've got blinders up to everything, all the noise and all the muck and all the mire and all the circumstances in life. And when we start our prayer, our, my Father, our Father who is in heaven, you are holy. When we get that focused, we're talking to God. We're not distracted. And we're eyeball to eyeball with God. And in our Father, and you, and I know, see, here's what happens. Man, when I get to that point right there, I know, man, God's in heaven. He's not on this earth. He's above earth, so to speak. His ways are higher than my ways. His ways are better than my ways. He's got a plan and a purpose. And I know that that's going to work out within the context of my life. But it doesn't mean that things are going to work out the way I think they should work out. It doesn't mean that I get magically healed. Or miraculously healed, however you want to put it. Just because I prayed it. And I don't always get that job. And my marriage doesn't always work out. And my kids don't always do the right things. But what it does do is it allows me to focus on God. That prayer. You are in heaven. You know what is best as I come to you and ask and pray and talk to you. And guess what? You're, you are holy. Man, that's what makes you different. You are holy. You are obtainable. You are reachable. We're able to come to him in the name of Jesus. Jesus provides us access to God. But he is holy. Meaning he is separate. Meaning he is different. This is what, when we begin to pray our Father who is in heaven, we are beginning to recognize who he is. In the moment, be focused. Principle number one. Principle number two, be submissive. We don't like that word. Let's just say it straight up. It doesn't go with the American way. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. But within the context of God, it's important. Why? Because we're praying your kingdom come. We're praying your kingdom. God, you're in heaven you are holy, your kingdom. What does that mean? That means I'm submitting to your kingdom. I'm submitting my life to you. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know when we pray this, for some of us, we pray this, and you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what I think we need to pray. 
Your will be done in my life. Just as it is in the realm of heaven. Meaning that I have this image in God in heaven, and when he says something, it happens. Why? Because there's an aspect of willful obedience that takes place in heaven, not because he's some Lord in God. He's a loving God who cares for all of his, all of his creation. And he has a way of executing within that kingdom, and things happen. And so what I'm praying is your kingdom come in my life. Your will be done in my life. I am submitting myself to God rather than saying, no, this is my kingdom. I'm going to spend my money, my way, my time, my know-how, my hopes, my ambition, my wants. It's all about me, 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 and mine. We submit and go, no, it's about God. In his kingdom. This is what, this is again a principle within the context of prayer. Principle number three, be trusting. Give us today our daily bread. Man, fun fact. Fun fact. I, you can go back in the book of Exodus in the, in the Old Testament and you can read about how God provided food for the Israelites as they were leaving the slavery or bondage of Egypt heading to their new destination. You can go back and read that in the book of Exodus. But here's a fun fact. God only provided them food for the day. Just the day. I mean, they didn't have any water. They didn't have, any, they didn't have all the stuff they needed. And God said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of your daily need. I think the why is a great question. Why did he do that? To trust. And so what do we do? We say, God, meet my needs today. Don't let me worry about tomorrow. I need, to have the, I need to know what's out there, and I need to make my plans for out there, but I know that you're going to meet my needs out there because I've trusted you today because here's what happens. When I trust you today and I get to tomorrow, then I can look back and I go, you know, I trusted you yesterday. You took care of me yesterday, and because I know you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever, that today you're going to take care of me, and then the more I nurture that, from looking back yesterday because I trusted you yesterday and it enables me to trust you today, then I can trust you with all of my tomorrows. Hmm. Interesting. Give us today our daily bread. Be trusting. Principle number four, be forgiving. Oh, Whew. this is a hard one. Be forgiving. Forgive us our sins. Praying to God, God, forgive me of my sins. That's a prayer. Forgive me of my sins. Just as, okay, just, I, I, intersect, I put that in there, but it's as. As we have forgiven those who sin against us. Who we? I mean, ask the question, how do I treat people who hurt me? Who wrong me? Who've slighted me? Who've, who've stabbed me in the back? Who've disappointed me? Who's discouraged me? Who let me down? How do I treat those people who think differently than me? Who somehow they're offensive to me just because of the way they live? <clears throat> forgive me, God, the way I forgive all those people. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, I don't hold a grudge, do you? I mean, what am I going to do? Really? Walk up to God and say, hey, God, I'm holding a grudge against that person. Now, I know I just had this big sin in my life, so I want you to hold that grudge against me because I hold that grudge against that person. Really? 
Is that really what we want to say to God? No. Be forgiving. It's a huge principle. Be forgiving. Principle number five, be willing. Have a willing heart. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What, here's, here's one thing you need to know about Satan. Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. And he wants to convince, if you're a follower of Jesus, he wants to convince you. He wants to convince me that I'm not on the right path and I'm not doing the right thing and that I'm falling short. Or he wants to convince me that I need to be doing something different than what God wants me to do. Because that's more fun. Because that's more valuable. Because that, for whatever reason, that's whatever that is. That's better than God's way. And so here's what happens. I'm willing to be led. This is the whole point. I'm willing to be led. I'm willing to be led by God. When I, when I think about this word lead, I think about being in a fire, smoke-filled room, and I have the firefighter in front of me, and I've got my hand on his back, and he's leading the way out of the fire out of the smoke. I can't see what's in front of him. I can't see the way to go, but I'm trusting that he's going the right way because I'm following him because he's the rescuer. Be willing. Lead me not into temptation. Temptation to deviate from God's plan. That's right. Temptation is to step away from God. Temptation to, to doubt God. Temptation to uh, put a distrust on God. And we begin to pray, God, Lead me not into this temptation, but deliver me from the evil one because he's real. He's not some dude dressed in red with a pitchfork. He is real. And he wants to snatch joy away from us as followers of Jesus. Be willing. Be willing. Be willing. So here's what we're going to do. This is where all this lands. Well, I've been talking about what I've been talking about because I want us to pray. So I know this is going to be a long time. But I want us to take, I want us to take two minutes and walk through this prayer. Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy in my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who hurt and sin against me. And lead me not into temptation and deliver me from the evil one. Would you take just a minute right now and pray this prayer as I will be praying silently. You can pray it out loud. But I want you to pray this prayer. Take your time. Work your way through this prayer right here. I'm going to work my way through it as well.
Amen. Now, I know that that was actually less than two minutes, but the, the amount of time is not important. Time is not important when it comes to prayer. You just need to do it. And I wanted you to practice this. And you can go back and pause this video and, and, and you can write this down. But I want you to practice this. Or you can go to Matthew chapter 6 and you can see all this right here. But I want you to take this every moment, every day. And I want you to look at this and, and go, they, they're, they're, these principles that we talked about, I want to put them into my prayer life so that I will pray because I know that prayer is significant and important because it puts me in relationship to God, focused on Him. Now, there's a second thing I want you to do. All right, so this is the first. Begin to pray. Pray through this. Second thing I want you to do. I want to introduce you to a concept called prayer walking. Prayer walking is simply exactly what it says. It is walking and praying. There's a phrase, you pray with insight on sight. And so here's what's happening on, on Saturday, March the 25th, here in Matthews, North Carolina, in the great city of Stallings, the great town of Stallings, we are gathering together here at our church at 10 o'clock. And here's what's going to happen. We are going to, I'm going to go through a, a very brief, brief training of how to pray and walk. It's not that hard. And what happens if we happen to encounter somebody? Why? Because we're not out trying to go, you need Jesus, turn to Jesus, turn and burn. We're not doing that, okay? What we're doing is we are praying and asking God to minister and bless to these people and show him, him show his self to them and to meet their needs as only he can meet it. And so we're going to meet here on the 25th. So here's what I want you to do. If you're local, come join us. You can sign up. Go to the event page and sign up. If you live far away, go ahead and sign up because there's an opportunity on there to check my neighborhood. So here's what's going to happen. We have three key neighborhoods around here that we're going to be focusing on, but also maybe you want your neighborhood and that you can do that. And so I'll send you some information on how to do this, and you can be a part of what's going on beyond this message this morning. And you can impact your community by praying for them. But here, here's the most important thing. Remember, it's not how you do it. It's not how much you do it. I think how often is important, meaning that not like three times a day, but, but in terms of having a daily relationship, I can't imagine not talking to my wife, Donna, and not having a relationship with her. We live together, and so we spend time together. And, and that's important, and same thing with God. And so I think that, that element's important, but the position, your posture, how often, what that prayer looks like, I think these principles we talked about today can impact you now and for the rest of your life. Because here's what I know. It's made a huge difference in my life and my relationship to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to pray. Because it is so important. You want us to pray and to seek you. Help us, Lord, to make that happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
All right, thanks again for being with us today. And let me encourage you that if, if this teaching has impacted you and, and, or this, the singing that we did earlier has impacted you, do, do us a favor and share that because I know there are people just like you who need to know and hear this encouraging word. And so share, share us on all your social media. Go in and share us, like us, share us. You can see all that on the screen on how to do that. But, but just do that. Why? Because it's made a difference in your life and there are people just like you. Now, on, also on that note, if this has impacted you in such a way, you might want to give to this. Why? Because you need to know people have given to make this happen. To make this moment happen, people have given to make this happen. And because they're given, you've been impacted. And we hope and believe that your life is being changed. And so you might want to give to that. You can see there on the screen. You go to our website, click give, and you'll be able to give that way. But just know that your giving is going to impact. It honors God, and it impacts other people. And so as we leave today, I want to leave this thought with you that as you go, remember prayer is important. You already know that. But as you go, know that your Father loves you. And He wants more than anything else for you to talk to Him. And it is my prayer for all of us that we'll take these principles we taught today and we'll figure out how to put them into our lives so that we can talk to our Heavenly Father who loves us so much. You guys have a great week. Thank you.